Good morning. Or is it afternoon yet? Forgot you guys had a late group. No shade, just saying. Give it up for our worship team. Amen. Well, as you guys can see, I am not Pastor Carl. Uh, For those that don't know, uh, I am uh, Pastor Sean. I get the privilege to serve at our Riverstone campus under Pastor Jeff, who's over there. And um, I just love that I got to be part of the team and this family here at Flipside. So uh, if you guys can bear with me as I share today. Um, One thing Pastor Carl wanted me to emphasize on is a is what I do for a living. Uh, he wanted me to go ahead and share with you guys uh, in hopes that you guys would maybe want to partner with what I do for a living. So here's, here's an ad, right? So there's no skip ahead yet. Um, it's not five seconds. It's actually probably about two minutes. I don't know how long it'll take me for to share this. But I get the privilege and honor of serving in FCA. So what FCA is, is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, here on campus, we have a lot of those around uh, the Fresno, Madera County. Um, I have the blessing of serving here at Liberty High School, um, also the Ranchos, and uh, the west side of Fresno and the downtown areas and surrounding areas. Uh, I get to oversee 16 schools, so that's a lot of gas um, that I have to use. So, But I thank God for the opportunity that I get uh, in serving in that ministry uh, to serve the kingdom. So what, what, what it tends to look like is, uh, at, we get on school campuses and we shared Jesus and sp- through our sports, uh, through our testimonies of sports, we have ex players that used to play at a high level in college or whatever it is, um, to share their story, uh, through Jesus, um, with these students that are here on campus. Uh, and it varies again from different campuses all over again. The world, but also just mainly where I serve at is Fresno and Madera County. So here's like the thing, right? It's where um, I am a at-home, uh, in-city missionary. Uh, that's what it's considered as. Uh, I live off the funding of people that partner with my ministry. Uh, it is a hundred percent nonprofit, a hundred percent. Uh, self-funded ministry. Uh, so that's what I get to do, and uh, I get the joy of doing it. Um, so if you have any questions or you want to partner, uh, I would love to talk to you guys after um, this service. All right, you cool with the ad? Now you guys can click past it now, right? Uh, and you guys may ask, like, why ministry, right? Why did I step into ministry? Um, I know for me, when I was younger, I was a part of uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes when I was in high school. Um, don't know how much of a Christian athlete I was, but I was part of it. Uh, they, do in, they do bring food, so <laughs> that's why I went. Uh, but Jesus captured my heart, amen? Uh, during that time of being part of this, uh, my, I, I don't know if I, again, I, don't, I said this first service, I don't know if I necessarily... Um, and thankful or blame my mother for her prayers for her son to be in ministry. So I don't know, again, if 
take it how you want it. I don't know if it's a thank you or a blame that I'm here serving in ministry, all due to my beautiful mother's prayers all my life. Um, so, so thank you, mother. I appreciate you. Uh, which is also why she's one of my main supporters. So thank you for that as well. Um, but the joy of serving in ministry, I had the opportunity of playing the game of football at a high level. Um, I, I did basketball, but all right, I attempted to do basketball. Um, and again, if you didn't come during warm-ups or halftime, then you would have never seen me on the court. So, um, but after the game, I was pretty good too, like cleaning up after everybody else. I was good at that. So, uh, football and then football was like the main sport, uh, that I did. Um, so I went ahead and I played at, co- I played in college. I played at Fresno City. I did two years over there. And then I had the, the, the blessing of the opportunity to play overseas, uh, professionally. So I, had uh, There was a period of my time where I played three years in France. Yes, they play American football, um, and they pay pretty, they pay pretty well. Uh, uh, it was just a different kind of football for them. But for me, I was like, this is easy. So um, got to do that at a high level. Uh, had an amazing time traveling Europe and uh, visiting places and doing that. Uh, but it was uh, my last year over there. Uh, I met my wife before I went out, and... Um, my little cousin, uh, who was, to, to, if you know Samoan culture, uh, you have your siblings and then you have your, like, your extended siblings. Uh, you're raised with all your cousins. So, um, I have a lot of cousins that are considered my brothers and sisters. Uh, so my younger brother, um, was shot and killed in LA. Um, so that's what, like, kind of changed everything for me in a sense of, uh, do I still play this game or do I go back home and live my life for Jesus um, in a better understanding of, I had to come back home. I felt a conviction on my heart that I had to come back home and tell people, especially at the time, youth or my family alone, that there's something more important than the color that you wear. Um, see, where I grew up at, it was a different kind of upbringing, probably from some of you guys, and probably some of you guys can relate. Um, but I didn't have uh, the luxury of walking to certain neighborhoods. Like, I, didn't, I couldn't just go for a walk because um, I would have been targeted, for the lack of better words. Uh, I couldn't just step into, uh, there was a certain place two blocks down the road that I, that people like that were where I was from could never go because the last person they killed him uh, and it was uh, somebody who we knew uh, so I grew up in that kind of upbringing so for me I needed to come back home and let people know especially young teenagers that are living in the the, the low income places where um, where being from a certain neighborhood is the only thing that they see in life they don't see the way out Right. So I'm just speaking for those that that are from the the hood. Right. So you grow up in this environment and you don't see no way out because that's all, you know, just how like some Christians, we grow up in a church environment. So we don't see anything else. Right. And then we're shocked when we get into the world like, oh, my gosh, people are like this. Yeah. Yeah. People are like this. Right. Or for some people that grow up never being in church, they don't know anything about church, which probably is some of you guys in here that finally came to church and you understood what Jesus was, right? So 
what happens is, is that I didn't know, um, I didn't want to be the product of my environment. So football was my way out. While I was overseas, all I did was study the Bible. I was, I had a lot of time off and I had a, a TV that spoke French. I didn't understand, right? There's only so many episodes you can watch friends in French, right? Even though I know almost all the episodes, but I couldn't like, you know, the dialogue, it just didn't work out. So um, I studied my Bible a lot. Um, so losing my little brother made me come home and step into ministry. So that's where I'm at now. I do ministry full time uh, along with my wife and we just serve in various parts of Fresno, um, the area, especially the west side of Fresno. Uh, in the north side, and just giving back. I don't, I, don't, I, really, I don't really like saying giving back. Like, first off, if you understand who Jesus is, you have nothing to give because he gave it all. Rather we want to believe it or not, there's, there's nothing I can do that makes Jesus like, oh my God, you're my favorite now. Like, dude, you, you're top of the list now, Sean. Like, there's nothing I can do that will make Jesus feel that way about me. Because he loves us all unconditionally. Like we're on the same spectrum. Ain't nobody better than the others. Right? So what we have to understand, what I had to, what I had to understand is that if the way that I serve, I have to serve in a capacity that serves uh, multiple people. Not just um, the people that I know how to serve because I grew up in that manner. But serving in different areas, especially being here at the Madera Ranchos. Y'all can probably see I ain't from around these parts, right? I got, I got some ripped jeans. Um, I, I'm still working on buying some cowboy boots, but, but man, those things are expensive, man. Size 14 wide, I don't even think they make those anymore, but if you got a pair, man, let me know. Um, but it's one of those things where I had to, I have to be um, adaptable to the surroundings that God has placed me in to serve. Right. And that's what we're leading into right now is the serving, the joy in serving. We went through it last week with Pastor Carl. Uh, and this week, we're just going to throw a little bit more scripture. So if you can turn with me uh, to Galatians 5.13. We pray for the reading of the word. Dear Father, just bless this time as we dive into your word. Father God, may you speak to us, Father God, uh, during this time, Father God. And we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen says, you, my brothers and my sisters, were called to be free. This is Paul writing to the church of Galatia. Um, and when he uses this dialogue of brothers and sisters, he's talking to believers. Okay, he's talking to those who said yes to following Jesus for the rest of their life. Okay, so he's not talking to everybody. He's just talking to the church and those who have confessed that Jesus is Lord and Savior over their life. So you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but not to use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another in humbly love. Amen. Amen for the reading. Amen. Oh, that's the next part. My bad. So we go and, and, and Paul writes this and he's saying that there's another translation where he calls them to be not to to be satisfied in their freedom, but don't satisfy the sinful nature of your freedom, right? You understand where we're going with here? Some of us will serve self first 
above all else. Some of us were, will make sure we're good before doing anything else for anybody else. But that's just not the way Jesus led. Like that's not the way he lived his life. We learned in, in last week, Mark 10, verse 45, that he came to serve and not to be served. That he gave his life for a ransom of many. But it's hard for us because the flesh that we live in is so self-taught to f- focus on self. The world, the culture that we live in, it tells us that everything you do, do it for self. So we get into a habit sometimes of serving ourselves above all else. Like, oh, if I serve, if I can do this for myself, then I'll do it for somebody else. But scripturally, that's just not found where Jesus said that that's how we should be living. Take the the pandemic, for instance, right? Or I guess we're still currently in it. Something like that. Anywho, when it came down to it, so many people bought out things like toilet paper. It was a self-give, self-take world. During the time of pandemic, and then hand sanitizer. First off, how many of y'all used that before the pandemic? Because for it all to be gone during the pandemic, it just seems like, man, everybody was just filled with germs. Like, y'all never washed your hands before type stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, for me, I know that my wife always has hand sanitizer and always makes sure I wash my hands. It, to me, it was never a thing. Like, I'd just come home, like, hey, what's up? But now I have to learn how to wash my hands once I get home. Like, that's the first thing to do. And then you can get a good morning. But I don't know how it was. I just don't understand when the pandemic happened, like how selfish a lot of us got. It exposed a lot of bitterness and maybe some, and I'm talking to just, I'm talking to all of us. Now don't take this the wrong way, but it, cert, it exposed a lot of ugliness that a lot of us had in our heart. Because everything was for self-gain. And when Paul, right, we're talking about joy in serving, there's no joy in serving self. Maybe um, a quick satisfaction or maybe something that can only last for so long. Maybe that's what the world wants you to believe, that serving who you are or serving your, yourself will get you to heaven or serving uh, your fleshly wants will help you in life, but, it, but it's not, that's not the case. That's not scripturally found. He goes on to say, and we jump down to verse 16. Oh, my bad. Jump down to verse 16, he says, so I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In another translation, it says, so let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We have to understand as believers that there's a daily eternal battle in our lives. It's daily. It's not just happening once. It doesn't just happen until you say yes to Jesus, but it's on the daily and it's an eternal battle. It is your flesh and your sinful nature battling against the Holy Spirit that lives within you. The question is, is out of those two, which one are you serving? 
in order to find joy in serving, what are you serving within your internal battle that's going on? Are we giving in to the sinful nature of this world? Are you giving in to those sinful thoughts, the, the sinful uh, pleasures, the desires of your, of your heart, if it doesn't line up with the word? Or are you choosing to serve and being led by the Holy Spirit within you? That's the battle that is eternally happening daily in our lives. Amen? So again, the question is, which one are you serving? For a lot of us, to be honest, there's times where we serve both. And we think that it's okay. We think that we can get through life with serving both self and God. With fleshly desires and spiritual gifts. Like, we think we can do both. And that's not the case. There's no scripture in the Bible that tells me that you can do both. You have to choose which one or the other. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that it's doable because of God. Now, there's a standard that we hold ourselves to as Christians. And yes, we all fall short of the glory of God because of sin. But that does not deteriorate you from trying to fight to live for the Holy Spirit within you. Especially if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. You can't follow Christ and follow your flesh at the same time. Find the joy in serving, but not serving self. Amen? Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> he goes on, and this is still Paul writing. And he goes and he says, that in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who, being in his in the very nature of God, a very nature of God, did not consider equality with doing the same thing to be used to his own advantage. Okay, pause. I think I messed that slide up. I'll read it to you from my Bible, okay, or from my paper. That's my fault, not yours. Here we go. Philippians two. Sorry, I got big fingers. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as the same thing to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. You guys got to understand that part. Let's, let's hold on that part. And he took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. That's just a different translation. That's the translation that I have. Um, sorry about that. But Jesus gave up his right as God to humbly serve as a servant. Church, y'all got to understand that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they're equal. But Jesus is like, no, I want to be below that. I don't want 
to be there. He says that he took, he gave up his divine privileges to be formed as a man, a human, to come and die the brutal death that you and I deserved. He gave up the right to be one, to be God, to serve as a servant, to serve as a slave, to give his life over so that you and I can have life. He died a criminal's death. He died our death so that you and I can have the opportunity to say yes to stepping into eternal life with him. Do we not understand what is being written here? Do you see what Paul is trying to communicate with us? That what makes you and I better than Jesus if we can't even serve? But he would come here as a man to serve as a servant, to give his life up for the ransom of many. But some of us can't even serve in the church. Some of us don't even want to serve in the community. Because we're so caught up in what the world has taught us and what the enemy has taught us to sell, serve self first. We have to understand who Jesus is and what he came to do. He gave up his privilege to be God. To serve and to die the most brutal death so that you and I can have the opportunity to step into eternal life with him. We jump ahead. What does it mean to live for Christ? Like everybody has their own definition probably, right? Everybody has a different story of why they live for Christ. <laughs> everybody else has, everybody has their own um, understanding like of a testimony of why they came to Christ and why they live for Christ. It goes on and we find in Philippians 29 verse 30. He says, for you have been not, uh, but you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in, G in Christ, but also the privilege in suffering for him. I'm reading from a different translation, but that, that's a great one as well. We have, we are in this struggle together. This is Paul writing. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also in serving and suffering with him. Now, now there's, there's, there's a lot of hardships and struggles that a lot of us go through as believers, as people. And Paul's trying to clear this up that just because you come to Jesus doesn't mean the suffering is stopped. But yet you get to step into Jesus' redemptive story and suffer with him. And suffer for him. Because you have to understand, we and you have to understand that this life is not our own. Once we said yes to Christ, it is not our own. You gave up those rights. So your life is to be lived for Christ and Christ alone. Amen? Amen. So he goes on again. We are called to suffer with Christ in his redemptive story. 
Now here's my, here's the encouragement for today. A pastor Carl has asked me to share a story of my own um, in hopes that we would, the call to action would be for you to be transparent with those around you and the sufferings of what we have gone through. If there was a title for this message, it would be the joy in hardships. Take a look at that picture. And join, uh, turn with me to Daniel 3, 16 through 18. And I'll just give a backstory of this scripture. Uh, it's a very familiar passage. It's about uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he was thinking highly of himself. Thought himself as equal to God. He built a statue. He had people build statue for him. Gold statue. And he was like, hey, every time you hear this, this bell or this noise, you are to come to bow at this statue. Uh, these three teenagers didn't want to do it. Uh, because the God that they serve wouldn't be very fond of them bowing down to a statue. So they stood up for the, for the belief in trusting who Jesus is and trusting who God, the God that they serve, is. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, oh, oh Nebuchadnezzar, do not need, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. For if you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, okay, we do not, we want you to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or your worship the God or the gold statue that you have set up. So this part where even if, it wasn't like these teenagers were um, downplaying who God was, but they were standing firm on the belief that God will save them through this. But even if he didn't, they will still never give in to worshiping a statue or the gods that King Nebuchadnezzar had before them. See this, this thing right here is a casket, of course. And that is the casket of my son. Flashback to 2017. My wife and I, um, <clears throat> my, my wife became pregnant. <clears throat> and uh, for if you, if you know me and my wife, we, we enjoy kids. We love kids. And we were just married in 2016. A year later, we're pregnant. We're excited. We love it. We're, we're getting, you know, getting ready to be mommy and daddy. Uh, I go ahead and I go to practice that morning, not thinking anything would happen. I go to practice that morning. My wife goes to the doctor appointment. I drive right over after practice and just excited. And my wife just comes out um, just very sad. And you think I would like be able to read the room, but I wasn't. I was just excited. Uh, 
And I'm asking her questions like, babe, like, hey, how's the baby? Like, what's, how's it going? And she just walks to the car. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Uh, <clears throat> we get into the car. <clears throat> and um, I'm asking her a million questions. And she just says, we lost the baby. And just starts crying. And, and that was a very hard time for us, especially being new at marriage. Because I, I know for me, I've always wanted to be a dad, but I know for my mother, or for my wife, that is the call on her life is to be a mother. And that was very hard to deal with. I've never been through anything like that before in my life. Um, and for about three months, uh, we couldn't even talk to each other. We couldn't really have conversation. And at the same time, we're youth pastors at the church that we were at before here. And uh, that was a very trying time for us. So fast forward to 2020, find out we're pregnant again. I'm like, oh, I know this one. This one's going to come through. Come on, man. We're, we're serving in ministry. We're living life for Jesus. We're doing all the right stuff, so I think. Um, and our lives, we live for Christ. So, like, this, this has to be our son. Like, he's no doubt in my mind that this, my, my son was going to be born. And he was born. Uh, prematurely, three months too early. I remember that night vividly. Uh, it led into the, led into the morning where uh, it was about four o'clock. She was like, babe, like, I'm hurting him. You know, there's blood a little bit on the bed. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like, man, we should go to the doctor. She's like, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Just let me go to the restroom. So she goes to the restroom. Um, a few minutes later, I just, like, hear this yell and this cry I've never heard before. I'm like, man, what's going on? So I rush to the restroom, and there's blood everywhere. And my wife's just like, crying, and she's like, I can feel him coming. And I'm just like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, God can't do that. Not the God I serve. Not the God I serve. He can't do that. He already got one. He can't take another one from me. And shortly, about two minutes after that, uh, she gives birth to my son. And my son lived for about two minutes. Uh, he came out and uh, heart was beating. Um, just holding him small as my hand. And he lived for about two minutes. And for those two minutes for us, it meant everything. And it was a hard, it was a hardship that we had to go through. And to be honest, I don't know if I'm through it, to be honest. I was actually there on Friday. That's um, where I do a lot of my study time at the cemetery. Uh, just hanging out with my son and eating some Chinese food. Um, and I met another father there. 
who his daughter, she died the same day as well. She lived for eight minutes. Um, you know, of course, you know, the world tells you how to deal with pain. And for me, I'm a believer, so I know how to cope with it. While, you know, my man, my, my boy over here was getting drunk. And I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm pray for you and your uh, family real quick. And I could, like, hit the alcohol. Okay. I was like, bro, you're good, man. I just want to pray for you. Um, I prayed for him. And uh, when I left that, that place, I, I knew I was going to have to share this story on Sunday. And then sharing this story is in hopes that you would share your story and your testimony with those around you. Because I know for me, if it wasn't for my family and my mentors, I probably wouldn't be here today. Scratch that. I wouldn't be here today. I got to a place where I didn't want to do ministry anymore. The pain was so painful. The hurt just hurt too much. I've carried caskets of my uncles and my aunties and, and my brothers. But to carry the own casket of my own son it was something I never imagined I had to do. So the pain is deep. The hurt is deep. And I didn't want to do it no more. We were, uh, we were youth pastors at the time, still at our old church. And I think for me, I convinced myself, like, oh, man, just keep being here. Just keep going. It's just Wednesday nights, bro. Just show up. Kids will be all right. Let them play half games for two hours. They'll, they'll be all right. <laughs> The whole time I was doing a disservice to them, but to God. Because my heart wasn't in the right place. It was so hardened towards God. Because I had this question like, man, you already got one. Let me have this one. Like, Please. But that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan. And no matter how hard the struggle is, no matter how hard the hardships are, you got to stand firm on the goodness of God. Amen? You have to believe that through it all, whatever the cause is that's question, that has you questioning God or thinking if you can still go on, the goodness of God overrides it all. Because we said yes to eternal life with him. Because you said yes, in this life you will live it no longer for yourself, but you will live it for him. So I couldn't live my life anymore for myself. I had to surrender all that pain, no matter how painful it was, 
I had to surrender all that hurt, no matter how heart hurtful it was. And I had to give it over to Christ. And we close with this scripture. John 16, 33. says, I have told you these things so that in me you will find peace. Amen? Amen. In this world, you will have trouble. But here's the good part, y'all. This is Jesus talking. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen? And in that, flash forward to 2021, October, my son was born. Amen. The little blessing he is, except when he cries. And he's here with us today. And in all that, because the part that I had to get to was even if God didn't bless us. Even if he did it, he still deserves my life. He still deserves his glory. Jared, come on up. <laughs> the goodness of God that even in this life, in another translation it says that even in his in this life, you will go through many trials and sorrows. But again, take heart, y'all, because I have overcome the world. No matter the pain, the struggle, the circumstance, and I'm not trying to downplay what we go through, but that never can get in the way of the goodness of God in your life. Amen? So the encouragement and the call to action is that you will serve You'll find joy in serving. You'll find joy in living your life for Christ and freedom. But that you will also find joy in the hardships. Because I know for me, my joy is, is that little boy over there. And I know for me, there's many other joys in your hardships that you guys can share with your people. With your huddle. Because again, if I didn't have the community I had during that time... I wouldn't be here in front of you guys. If my mom didn't pray those prayers all her life for me, I wouldn't be here today. And I know that each and every one of us has our own story. So my encouragement is to share your story within your huddle. Amen? And there was such a good song. Um, that got me through those times. And it goes something like this. Now, take it. I don't know how to sing, but I will sing for you guys. It goes, all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able I will sing in the goodness of God. May we all stand to our feet. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we got to gather together to share in your goodness, Father God.
Lord, we thank you for the lives here today. For those that may be suffering in their own testimony right now, Father God, I pray that you will bring those around them so that they have people to share it with. That they're not in this alone. That they have the community of believers around them praying for them. But Father God, most of all that we have you to find the answers. And the answer is you, Jesus. We pray for the hopeless, that they will find hope. We pray for the lost, for they are already found by you. We pray for the hurting, the suffering. And it all points back to you, Jesus, that they will make their lives align with what you have called them in the way that you have called them to live. Father God, we thank you for dying on that cross. Jesus, we thank you for salvation and the opportunity to step into eternal life with you forever. We pray as we continue on with this worship, Father God, about the great things that you have done in our life and that you continue to do, Father God. May those things always, always bring you glory. In your precious and in your holy name, amen.